You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is, 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 is kickoff in the valley. Now here's your host, Tyler Vazquez and Gunnar Jackson. Welcome into the kickoff of the Valley podcast covering your Arizona Cardinals. My name is Gunnar. That is Tyler Vasquez. We'll be previewing our three and four Cardinals at the five and one Vikings, which is coming up this Sunday in Minnesota, a game that Tyler is headed to. When do you, uh, when do you get up to, when are you getting up there? When do you, when do you leave? School Cardinals. Um, I'm leaving tomorrow, mar- tomorrow morning, like 8 a.m., 8.45, something like that. All right. You can take so I'll, I'll be there. Out there. What does school uh, mean, by the way? I have no clue. Is it like go? You, say, you just said skull cardinals, and then but it's, that's their saying: skull Vikings, S K O L yeah. Vikings. I, dude, I don't know. Oh, I'm not leaving tomorrow. I, well, it will be tomorrow when this airs. I'm leaving Saturday yeah. morning. All right, yeah. Saturday morning. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so sir. Uh, uh, let me let's kick it off with a little joke here. You may you may know the answer to this one. It's a dad joke. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, you, you got you got kids in the house, right? Yeah. Dad joke. All right. Uh, what state has the smallest drink? The smallest drink? Yeah. I have no clue. Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, God. Hey, Duh, that was so easy. <laughs> I should have realized what, that, what was coming right there. We're going to get... Oh, what an absolute <laughs> disaster. We're barely even into the Come podcast. on. It's a dad joke. Come on. Right. Minnesota, it's related. I know. Just going to fill in here, guys. Really a fantastic joke, by the way, from Gunner. I'm surprised that Tyler wasn't more on board with that. Yeah. I don't, um, we don't ever start with the dad joke. I was like, what? what is going on right now? We're, we're turning a corner as a podcast. Things, yeah. are, things are happening now. Yeah. Uh, Skull, S-K-O-A-L. Oh, it's A-L. Okay. Yeah, so it's a Viking. It says, "Why do the Vikings say skull?" And uh, I don't think it's to, spelled that way, is it? Though skull. Well, yeah, there's a couple of different ones. So it's S K O L S K O A L S K hyphenated A. You know, with a little accent above the A L. So there's some historical things here, but the war chant comes from the Swedish, Danish, and Norwegian word scale or skull with the accent above the A. It was a bowl that was often filled with beer and shared among friends. So the word became a way of saying cheers. It's essentially, it's the Vikings way of saying cheers. Let's go Vikings. I don't know why Tyler would use that for the Cardinals. <laughs> Their chant I, I was just like this. Caw, caw, uh, that's the voice of the bird god, producer Adam. Uh, but I mean, that is their thing up there in in Minnesota. Yes. And you know, I was, I was, they they do a lot, you know, up there. Whenever the uh, the Vikings do something good, they got the 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 horn toot, you know, whenever they score, whenever they get a first down, whatever. And then they got the skull chant. You know, I, I was thinking. I mean, is you've been to a lot of these away games, a lot of stadiums. Is there a more annoying? like stadium fan experience as an away fan. Like, I mean, I, Seattle's I, loud, right? But I mean, I don't think they're annoying. Seattle's, they? not, like, lo- Seattle's not loud anymore. Gunner, stop being biased. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, there's two degrees of this. Who has the more jerkish fans and who has the more annoying from a team camaraderie aspect if we go just the the like the skulls of the world like the sayings and the chants and things like that uh, i think the fly eagles fly stuff is probably okay. the worst in the nfl um uh <laughs> they sing that after every score and it's quite quite annoying uh okay. I'm, I'm not a fan of that one but yeah most jerkish fans um and it wasn't bad this time in vegas but when i went to oakland they were the worst by far i mean it's out of 14 or 15 fan bases that i've gone to it it's like they're a mile ahead of everyone on how bad it was. They weren't yeah. bad in Vegas. So I, I think that changed when they moved them out of Oakland. Uh, so if I had to go to anyone after Oakland, 
and this is going to upset producer Adam. I can feel it. <laughs> it is the New York football giants for biggest jerkish fans that I've ever been around at a game after the uh after oakland when they when the raiders so so you're you're oh i knew it was coming (laughs) i was the new york football giant bird god producer what do you got uh no i mean listen you know i think sporting events in general right you you get rowdy everyone's having a good time Uh, eagles by the way it's a disaster down in philadelphia we all know that though i though i love the city and i've been there many times the sports fan bases are intense i don't think I wonder, from an outsider's perspective, Giants fans might be hard to be around, but by it, they're not. Um, I don't think they're disrespectful, though, right? Like you don't have to fear for like being harassed in the crowd. That to me is like when you rank fan bases, it's more about if you go to a game, are you going to end up kind of having to keep one eye over your shoulder? Philadelphia yeah. is, is an example of that sometimes. I don't oh, think, oh. Uh, New York based, you know, New York based fans are intense, but I wouldn't call them um you know dangerous and i'm I'm putting quotes around dangerous right i don't think any (laughs) sports fans are truly dangerous although we we know philadelphia has batteries they're they're pelting santa it's a dangerous time giants giants fan bashing eagle fan shocker uh on on the cardinals podcast how about that um well, I, I, I'm just thinking like the, the the experience, right? I mean, there's the fan the fan base adds into it, but like if you're going into a uh, an opposing team stadium and you're losing, what is the most annoying thing? I, I would think that the Vikings and the you know and the skull chance and everything else, you know, would I'm would add you, hands, hands down, it was the Eagles fly Eagles fly stuff. It but, was okay. Um, yeah, that, I mean, there's there's not another one I can even remember to think about other than that one. So, and by the uh, way, though, too, that's a big part of like traditions around the NFL. Like some teams yeah. have that, right? So the Giant, and I'm only mentioning the Giants, but they don't have cheerleaders. They don't have fight songs, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's uh-huh. typically not associated with some of like the and I'm calling major market cities. Every NFL city is a major one, but teams that have, I think, to your point, Gunner, right? Yeah. Blasting horns, the even Tampa Bay, they're shooting off cannons. I, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think just if you're there to watch your team on a road game, there's probably a certain certain place you go. You go, I got to hear that explosion again. I got to watch yeah. this thing yeah. happening. And that's Gunner, we have that. Like, we have that big red siren now that we, you know, crank up. So yeah, that's at know, the beginning so of the game, though, right? True. <laughs> true. Yeah. That is that is true. That is true. Um. Well, let's get into this week. Let's talk about some of the fallout, some of the things that are happening around the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals cornerback Marco Wilson named NFC Defensive Player of the Week. You see that, Gunner? Oh, you said corner. I think you said quarterback. I'm like, wait a sec. No, no, cornerback. Wait, wait. Yep. <laughs> cornerback. Yep, okay, Defensive Player of the, uh, the Week? NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Yep, he nice. had that pick six and the flip yeah. into the end zone. Yep, 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 yep. Um, also, other notes, uh, Dan uh, Graziano from ESPN is reporting that A.J. Green is a name to watch for the Packers. I saw you actually retweeted that uh, yesterday when that news little, was uh, Yeah, a little trade trade talk with the Packers. Who would it's, we get? Uh, we'd, be, we'd be giving them a hula hoop and a bag of chips and say, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, who, do you who do you think we're going to get? Just, just draft picks? We're going to actually get a player? You're going to be lucky to get like a seventh-round pick or a sixth-round. I, I mean – no one six round pick. No, I mean, it's going to be a seventh round pick. I mean, that's okay. you're going to get very little comp for that, if anything. And I'm shocked, honestly, that anyone would trade for him. I would think you would just cut him and let him sign wherever you want. But maybe the Packers are that desperate for, and it's so sad for Aaron Rodgers, the, the amount of uh, little talent they like to put around him. And if they're thinking AJ Green is like going to bolster uh, that that offense, you see that the the today again this recorded on thursday you saw that Kadarius tony was traded from the giants uh up and coming wide receiver that's looked electric when playing now he's had a lot of injury issues but he was traded to kansas city so you got a team like kansas city who's moving you know pushing the chips into the pile trying to win they're bringing in more up and coming talent where a team like green bay and a franchise like green bay kind of reminds me of the Cardinals, uh, would be not adding that kind of talent. They're going to add some older guys, maybe some guys just to kind of to 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 put a Band-Aid on, on their problems, right? But, now, yeah. I will say Steve Kime has done a good job in the past of getting like a Zach Ertz or people that still have plenty of years left in the tank. Um, you know, he, he did with Hollywood Brown in, in this offseason. So um, we'll, we'll see if the Cardinals make a move as we get closer to the trade deadline. 
Why are you so down on a, Why are you so down on AJ Green like that? You're like we're gonna get a bag of chips Dude, and some licorice AJ for him. AJ Green like, sucks. Well, maybe it's the coaching. Maybe he gets up to Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers knows how to use him, and the coach knows how to use him, and he kind of, you know, blossoms into this beautiful flower. You don't know. I'm oh, a big bot. Yeah, producer were, Adam. You heard about? No, no. I'm actually curious about the Kadarius Tony. Okay. With, with the way the wide receiver room has been for the Arizona Cardinals. When you saw that trade today, again, he has you know 42 career receptions, hasn't been on the field necessarily a ton over his first season plus. Uh-huh. But when you see that trade go down, are you thinking, hey, if we're trying to get this thing back on track and Hollywood Brown isn't out there, we've gotten back Hopkins, but the receiver room is not perfect, are you looking and almost maybe thinking, well, should we have been involved in that conversation? It's a it's a third round pick compensatory. So it's going to be, you know, top 100 there and then a sixth no. round pick. Um, no, too, too much, Adam. You're giving up, you'd be giving up way too much. One and two, you just trade for Robbie Anderson. So, well, I, no, I mean, no. And actually, that's, that's the, that's the more bigger point I wanted to make okay. was you traded for Robbie Anderson. Would you have preferred them go and pursue a guy like Kadarius Tony instead of Robbie Anderson? Because although when you look at the stats, you would say Robbie Anderson is the more accomplished receiver at the NFL level. There's no disputing that from an electric, dynamic, playmaking standpoint, Kadarius Tony can be a number one in the NFL, right? Robbie Anderson is a is a very high-level complementary receiver. Yeah, I mean, mm, I, I'd rather... I'd rather save those draft picks and try to trade for other pieces, not necessarily a wide receiver. I think what you gave up to get Robbie Anderson is probably the most you would want to give up for another piece on the offense. Now, if you were going to get, like, some disgruntled star offensive lineman, then that's a different story, right? Like, like giving up some prime picks in the top 100 that that's, that's when you would do that. Now, obviously for a star offensive lineman, you probably have to give up more than that, but um, it would second round, first round pick, multiple picks, whatever. But yeah, in this situation, I'm not mad at the Cardinals for not making a move for like a Kadarius Tony, maybe over a Robbie Anderson. Um, I, I just think the value was, would have been too much and they just made a trade for Hollywood. He'll be coming back in a couple of weeks. Uh, It's, you know, right now you go get a guy that's either available on his couch or on a practice squad somewhere, or you make a trade for what you did with Robbie, a sixth, seventh round pick, something like that. So, (laughs) yeah, not too mad about that. Um, Other things I want to just quickly update injuries because we're going long in this seg, baby. Um, At practice today, Jalen Thompson safety uh, was back. Uh, after he did not practice the day before. Um, and again, this is on Thursday, uh, w- was back on the, f- uh, or like I said, he was back on the field. Offensive lineman DJ Humphreys also was doing some work on the side. That's a little makes, makes me a little nervous because DJ Humphreys has been kind of our staple on the offensive line that hasn't been too banged up to miss practices like this. Um, he's kind of missed now two in a row. Uh, the Cardinals did place uh, defensive tackle Rashard Lawrence on IR. This is his second stint on the IR. He had the hand injury, and now he has the, I believe it's the shoulder or elbow, something like that. Um, and then they assigned my guy and yours, Gunner, Rodrigo Blankenship, to the active roster, meaning we're going to get a second week of Goggles Rodrigo, Gunner. What do you think of that? Uh, it's exciting because he did make some field goals. Uh, he did miss an extra point. You know, uh, last week on Thursday, but uh, uh, he's uh, he's doing better than uh, than our uh, previous dude, uh, whatever the heck his name was, Matt Amadola. Yeah, so I mean, it's you always want to have depth in every position, you know. Hey, but you want to I mean, see when, Prater come back at some point? Though. Well, you do, Jeez, I mean, but I mean, you got to get somebody that can make, you got to get somebody that can make field goals in the interim, you know. And it looks like it, this it. is our guy. Right. I thought Prater was going to be back this week, so I don't okay. know what's going on with that. Um, the Arizona Cardinals will play their first morning game of the season when they travel to Minnesota this Sunday. Um, they are they were four and one in such games, and th- this actually comes from Chuck Harris on Twitter in such games in 2021, and are six and three the past two seasons. So the Cardinals do really well in this slot on the road. Um, obviously, we've talked about their their road record. Uh, yeah. A little bit now. Let me talk about the Vikings and the Cardinals. Let's talk about their their rankings here, offensive well, defensively. Throw, throw that in there. I, I think there's a lot of we, we assume people know, uh, but uh, the Cardinals are the NFL best ten and two on the road. I mean, nobody yep. nobody in the NFL has a better uh, better record on the road than the Cardinals. So that's that's worth mentioning. 
Yeah, I didn't have that written down, so I'm glad you did. Um, uh, <laughs> offensively, let's talk about PFF rankings. Uh, Minnesota ranked fifth, so dynamic offense. Defensively, they're ranked ninth. Uh, we're actually going to go behind enemy lines here in a moment with Dane Mizutani for the Inside Purple and Gold podcast. We'll bring him in here in a moment, and we'll talk about all things Vikings. The Cardinals... PFF grades though, uh, they are down to 23rd on offense, which is kind of uh, kind of cr- uh, crazy considering this offense. Uh, well, not crazy because we said it on the other episode uh, last earlier in the week that you brought it up, Gunner, that the offense really didn't do much. It was really the defense. Yeah. So yeah. they've actually dropped down to 23rd from 20th. That was last week, um, and then defensively. The defense getting a little recognition. They were 32nd, dead last in the NFL. They are now 29th, so they've moved up a couple notches. I think the defense has played better than that. I feel like just PFF is not believing in the defense. Well, I, maybe they look like they're playing well because their offense is, you know, isn't doing yeah, so well. Too. So, I mean, yeah, we're kind of looking at the positive in our team yeah. and defense doing good in our eyes. That's a good point, Gutter. Uh, all-time record: the Vikings are seventeen and twelve against the Cardinals. They are eleven and four in games played in Minnesota. Uh, series notes, though, neither team has scored fewer than ten points against the other since nineteen ninety four, when the Arizona Cardinals held Minnesota to a single touchdown. So, um, when we talk about the prop bets later, Gutter, they over. Uh, it's saying this will not be low scoring. Um, current streak, the Cardinals broke a two-game losing streak last season by beating the Vikings at home 34-33. to We talked about it on Tuesday, what episodes that Wednesday's episode. Uh, we talked about how uh, the Cardinals have lost the last 10 meetings in Minnesota. The last time they won in Minnesota, it was 1977, and they were the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. So not and, much success. And- and I'm a, what I worry about a little bit with this uh, with this uh, with this game is uh, the Vikings are coming off of a bye, you know, as well. Correct. So they are they're, they're full rested. But I mean, the Cardinals, they played on a Thursday, you know, so they got a few extra days of rest too. you know, will that play into it? I mean, will will the Vikings, you know, come off a bye and, and be a little lazy? Who knows? I mean, the, the, I think the Vikings, for the most part, going into the season, weren't expected to do all that well. But now they're sitting here at five and one, you know, maybe they uh, maybe the bye week will. Uh, throw off their um algorithm or whatever their uh their momentum you know we'll we'll see uh breaking news around the nfl jamar chase electric wide receiver breaks as we're recording he is dealing with a hip injury that is expected to sideline him four to six weeks that will be old news by the time you hear this but wow um you thought we thought we had problems uh cincinnati they've got a, a great offense a bunch of receivers and to lose jamar chase um they'll be okay they got boyd they've got higgins uh they'll be all right but kind of like us dealing without Hollywood Brown um, a little more impactful though. Cause Jamar chase is like a top five receiver for sure. Um, Vikings, like you said, coming off the bye, they are five and one. Let's talk about their last okay. few games. Gunner um, their last win was against Miami. Now Miami did have a backup QB in cause two was dealing with the whole concussion issue. This was in Miami 24 to 16. Um, they beat Chicago. Chicago's nothing to write home about 29, 22. They beat the saints in new Orleans, which we just did as well 26 to no 28 to 25 uh, against detroit 28 24 in that was at home and then their only loss of the season was against the eagles now the cardinals hung in there with the eagles as uh but the the, the who are we talking yeah. about right now? minnesota did not they lost 7 yeah. to 24 green yeah. bay was their first game of the season 23 7 win so fi- uh, like i said 5 and 1 yeah, and they beat the Packers first game of the season as well. So, I mean, the Packers aren't playing all that well. I mean, it's not like they've beaten any, like, you know, dominant teams by any means. So, I mean, this one, you know, you mentioned it. Uh, I was just reading an article uh, on uh, from uh, Jeff Duncan that says all signs lead to this being a high-scoring game. I think it uh, – I hope so. I hope so. Well, I definitely think this is a trap game for the Vikings, right? The, the Cardinals are a good enough team – where they may be overlooking them because of their record, because of the offensive issues. But, and that's what we got to hope for that they do overlook them. There's a couple of quotes here. Uh, So on this uh, Jeff Duncan thing, he says, uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are probably licking their chops to go against the Cardinals secondary. And both should be rested and ready after the Vikings uh, had uh, the bye week last week. All signs point to a high scoring contest, especially with DeAndre Hopkins and Robbie Anderson now in the Arizona receiving corps. 
So uh, there's another article that I came across about uh, the red zone being a uh, good uh, advantage for the Cardinals uh, and advantages that they have over the Vikings. It says the Vikings defense, uh, their defense sits at a league worst 80% red zone touchdown percentage. So uh, Arizona sits at 57. They've, they've allowed touchdowns 57% of the time. So this guy says that if the Cardinals could find a way to get into the red zone just five times, which they should, um, they should be able to score t- four times uh, within those five visits to the red zone, especially with uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup is what this guy says. And his name is uh, uh, Sion Fox. Sion, F-A-W-K-E-E-S. Have you heard of this guy? RaisingZona.com? Okay. No, but I mean. I mean, if hey. the stats are right, you know, I mean, 80% red zone. Touchdown percentage, they're, they're, it's a league worst. They're letting people just kind of walk in. That's good for us, especially down there in the red zone. We, we've had issues in the we, red zone. We keep saying this, Gunner. Every game, it feels like it's a get-right game the last few weeks for the Cardinals <laughs> offensively, and they just haven't. So yeah. we'll see if uh, things can change this weekend. But at this time, let's bring in our guest for Behind Enemy Lines, Mr. Dane Mizutani from the Inside Purple and Gold podcast. All right, time to bring in our guest of this week and going behind enemy lines, Mr. Dane Mizutani from the Inside Purple and Gold podcast, a brother podcast of Kickoff in the Valley with the Odyssey Sports home of podcast. Uh, Dane, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, Tyler. How are you? Did I nail the last name? I mean, that's the most important. You did. That was impressive. I, I was, there we I go. was like, how is, how is he going to say this one? And you uh, killed it. You know what it was, is I was on your guys' show this morning uh, that we taped, and and when we did that, I heard you say it, and I listened back to it like four times just to make sure I, I'm not going to ruin this when I bring him on today. So I'm, I'm glad we got over that hill. That means it's going to be smooth sailing the rest of the way here. Um, Dane, I'm going to jump right into it. Kirk Cousins, uh, I'm actually a big Kirk Cousins fan. I know out there uh, nationally, there's people that love him and people that don't. Uh, when we look at this Arizona Cardinals defense, they've kind of been the staple for the Cardinals this season. Last week, they got two pick sixes off Andy Dalton, really is the reason they won that game. But they also did give up four touchdowns to Andy Dalton. I think Kirk Cousins is a much better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Uh, talk to me about, but I, I, on that note, I have seen that looking at Kirk Cousins' numbers, they haven't been the best this year. So talk to me about Kirk this season and what you expect out of him this Sunday. Yeah, Kirk has been maybe the worst he's been since he's been a member of the Vikings this season, but they're having the most success that they've had with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. So explain that dichotomy to me. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the confidence. And when, when Kirk Cousins is in second and manageable, third and manageable, he's in the top half of quarterbacks in the league, as far as like expected points added per, per drop back. When you, when you get him in a second and long third and long, he's the worst quarterback in the league that qualifies. So that's something if, if the Cardinals can, can knock the Vikings off track on first down, they can start to have success. But what you've seen out of Kirk cousins this year is no matter how bad he's been throughout a game. And there have been games this year where, you know, you just look two weeks ago against the Miami Dolphins. The Vikings went three and out ten times, and and a lot of that has to do with with the quarterback play. But when he's needed to march them down the field in in moments, um, he he's done that. You know, he did that against the Lions. Um, two deep passes, you know, one for thirty yards and one for you know, I think it was like thirty more to you know walk off touchdown against the Lions. Essentially, he did it against the Saints uh, in London. And he did it against the Bears, you know, with the 17-play, 75-yard drive. So as bad as he's been collectively, there have been times throughout the year when he stepped up kind of when it matters most. I I look at that and I say, like, it was often the opposite throughout, you know, his tenure with the Vikings. He put up respectable stat lines but wouldn't come through in in the the moments that mattered. And that's kind of why you have that polarizing nature about him. So his stats haven't been great. Um, I think if if the Cardinals can pressure him, the stats might continue to not be so great. Uh, but he keeps winning games, and he has them at five and one. Yeah, you really can't complain, right? When you're five and one, sitting on top of the mountaintop, right? Like, uh, speaking of that, let's talk about 
the uh, number one player on the team in my mind, the Mr. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Yards per game, he's tied in second in the NFL, uh, right with uh, Stephon Diggs at 109, only behind Tyreek Hill. I mean, so he's Mr. Consistent. He's really that safety valve for Kirk Cousins, right? Uh, I'm a big Adam Thielen guy, and I've noticed it feels like his trajectory has also been impacted by the the kind of down season that Kirk Cousins is having. Um, talking about about the wide receivers, mainly Justin Jefferson, but that wide receiver room as a whole, and and what you hope to see out of them to to move the Vikings to six and one, where I want them to be five and two after this weekend. Yeah, I, I think Justin Jefferson, like he has a legitimate argument to be made, but I think by the end of this season to be the best receiver in the league, I think that was kind of the tenor that he entered this season with that was he he vocalized that as a goal and then he went out and put like 180 yards on the Packers head in week one and you're like dang could this guy go for 2000 then you saw Justin Jefferson kind of take a step back for the first time in his career week two week three he got basically taken out of the game by Darius Slay and the Eagles and then the following week against Jeffrey Okuda and the Lions got again taken out of the game and people were kind of saying like what the heck is going on here well, you've seen him kind of bounce back from that rough stretch. He has three straight 100-yard games for the first time in his career, and it's it's very, very clear those two games were outliers. Like This guy dominates at every level of the field. They move him all around the formation, and, and that's something I, I think I talked to you this morning, Tyler, about how the, the Cardinals are doing that with DeAndre Hopkins. It's just a one-game sample size, but playing him as the X receiver, as the, the, the guy split out to the right wide in the slot, that, that's what you're going to see out of Justin Jefferson. And that's why the Vikings have so much success with it, because teams are going to double him. They're sometimes going to triple him. But if you can get him moving and get the defense off balance and just for a second find an opening, he's going to make you pay. So he he's he's – someone I think you can kind of bank on to, to have a big day on Sunday. Adam Thielen, you mentioned his production's taken a little bit of a step back. And I think a lot of that has to do with Kirk cousins, his struggles, but also the fact that like, it seemed for the first three years, Kirk cousins was in Minnesota. Adam Thielen was his safety blanket. It was, is Thielen open? He's not. Let me get to my check down. Now you're starting to see, Justin Jefferson is his first read as it absolutely should be like you should be, that should be your safety blanket. So I think because he's, he's maybe locking in on Justin Jefferson again, like he should be because he's so special of a player. You're seeing Thielen's production kind of stray a little bit. Um, but those two guys, I think they just take a lot of pressure off the other. Um, I, I Thielen's production numbers haven't been great so far to this point. Um, but I think that could turn, you know, as we, we hit to the second half of the season. Um, but certainly, if you can stop Justin Jefferson, um, I think you have a good chance against the Vikings. It'll be exciting to see. And that is one of my keys to the game later that we'll talk about. Byron Murphy, who has had done a great job of shutting down teams number ones uh, this season, for the most part. Uh, struggled a little bit last week or so. So, um Let's turn it over to the running backs. I mean, kind of a staple of this offense for, I don't know, half a decade, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. uh, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, yin and yang. When one is gone, the other tears it up and, and vice versa. So um, looking at these guys, I mean, what are they doing? What are they doing this season to help this offense out and, and really get keep the team moving? Yeah, I think you've seen them kind of get lost a couple of times. And and Kevin O'Connell has has mentioned that, you know, I think sometimes they're trying to force feed the ball to to Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. And you've seen Dalvin Cook and, and Alexander Madison have some games where they're just not productive or where they have, yeah. you know, less than 15 carries collectively. Um, but when they are really schemed into the game, they can do a lot of damage. And I think you've seen that at times this season as well. Um, the Vikings, uh, you know, like a lot of teams throughout the league nowadays, are kind of running this zone scheme where it's, you know, you can you get your guy in space and make one cut and kind of go. Um, Dalvin Cook thrives in that area. Uh, Alexander Madison, you mentioned, is, uh, you know, he's he's there's a reason he's one of the best handcuffs in fantasy because that guy, there's not a ton of drop off when he comes into the game for Dalvin. And, and you've started to see the Vikings spell Dalvin cook a lot more this year with the usage of, of Alexander Madison. It's not so much you get a play here. It's Hey, Alexander Madison, it's your drive. You know, if, 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 if it's going, if the offense is moving, this is your drive to kind of work with. And I think that, you know, that balance has, has benefited both guys. 
Um, but I think you, you saw Dalvin Cook two weeks ago in that game against Miami before the bye. It, it was everything was bottled up. Everything was hard on offense. Runs were two yards, three yards, two yards. And he finally pops the 53 yard run. And that's something that I think he's been searching for all season. He's been telling us, you know, I feel like I'm close. I feel like I'm really close to popping one. And he finally did against Miami. We were talking to him yesterday at the practice facility. Um, he feels like he's close to popping one again. He just kind of thinks like it's, it's been little trip ups here. You know, this hole closed up a little quicker than, than he expected. Uh, so I expect the Vikings this weekend to kind of continue to hammer that run game, knowing that like it, it might be like the old adage of like feast or famine, and it might be famine, 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 but then feast at, you know, down the stretch. So you kind of wear guys down that way. And then I think the Vikings have done a good job with that, with their running backs. No better game to get right for a run uh, run unit than the Arizona Cardinals. Um, 4.8 yards a carry, though. They are averaging uh, as a unit, so really impressive numbers. And almost five yards a carry. Man, I, I mean, that's going to help any offense out. Um, let's talk about the defense. There's a lot of negative and, and not a lot of positive, but I, I'm going to get into it here. They're giving up a lot of yardage. Uh, you hit on that this morning when we chatted. Um, they're giving up 4.3 yards a carry. So they're in their own right giving up, you know, a lot of yards on first down, second down. Um, but the defensive uh, front does get a lot of pressure. And, and that's the one piece that that is, you know, kind of makes me nervous for Kyler Murray is them getting in that backfield, especially when our offensive line is, uh, is a little banged up. They're averaging uh, about three sacks a game right now. So talk about this defense as a whole. And if you want to talk about uh, – old man Patrick Peterson that uh no I'm just kidding we, he, Pat, I, I will tell you this before you get to the defense Patrick Peterson he was the first player that our travel group ever partnered with was best guy in the world the stuff he did in the community for kids like uh we give him a hard time because of how he went out asking for trades and things like that but uh Pat's a great guy and, and it looks like he's for all things considered kind of carrying that secondary right now but yeah let's let's talk about the defense as a whole yeah we, we just talked to Patrick Peterson and he said like you know it, it was a little bit revenge game last year. Now it just feels like any game on the schedule, but you can tell he wants to beat the Cardinals. Of this course, weekend. of course. <laughs> um, he is anchoring that secondary and it's largely because the secondary is, is very young, very green. Um, they have a guy, Cam Dantzler on, on the, on the corner backside opposite of Patrick Peterson. Who's getting, he's a talented torched. player at times, torched. but he's <laughs> yes, exactly. Like you, you can see some of his, his talent emerge, but, his tendencies and the, the ability to kind of stay within the scheme, he strays from it a lot. And there's a reason he's giving up so many yards on, on a regular basis. So Patrick Peterson is kind of anchoring that secondary. Uh, what you've seen a lot with the Vikings this year is kind of that too high shell that, that a lot of defenses are playing where they're going to let the offense kind of march down the field, take the yards, and then just kind of hope to, you know, it's almost hoping for the offense to make a mistake more than it is hoping to make a play on your own. So it's like, are they going to get called for a holding? Is that going to set them back behind the sticks? Are they going to have to settle for a field goal? I think the Vikings have done a good job with that this year of allowing a ton of yards. You look at the the, the stats, they're allowing a ton of yards, but not, not really a ton of points. So they, they've done a good job with that as far as just like limiting the points. And I think a lot of that has to do with the pass rush that you talked about. Um, Zadarius Smith coming over from the Packers this offseason. People were a little unsure because of his back injury last year. He he's still a, a beast. He's dominant. Um, Daniel Hunter, he was at one point one of the best up-and-coming pass rushers in the league. You've seen him kind of fall off a little bit lately just because he's two surgeries. You know, I think he's missed a good chunk of two seasons ago and you know, last season as well. So his production as a whole hasn't been up to the level that, that you've seen throughout his career. Um, but with Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter kind of teaming up together, the, the Vikings are generating a pass rush consistently. Um, they kind of got right against the, the Miami Dolphins, against that kind of porous offensive line. They were able to dominate. Um, so I would look for them to kind of build on that this week. Um, they're going to have to get after the quarterback because, like I said, the, the, the secondary – leaves a little bit to be desired with the Vikings. So if you can get after Kyler Murray, I think that kind of makes up, you know, that, that masks some of the problems on the back end. Gunner, you hear that? They're going to let our offense 
move down the field, which we've had a hard <laughs> time doing in the first halves. So uh, maybe that's good things. Now, our problem, though, to, to, to touch on that is when we get in the red zone, we often have a hard time punching it in the end zone. So uh, maybe you'll get exactly what you want uh, based on, on on what they're kind of planning for. Um, something we always do, Gunner, uh, you like to ask yes, this. You want, you want to hit them with your yeah, uh, score? The, uh, score prediction, man. What, what do you think the final score is going to be? We always put a bet on uh, our guests' uh, final score prediction. Well, uh, after seeing, and I, I know there was two pick sixes last week, but 42-34 last week, I think the Vikings are going to be able uh, I have it somewhere, like, the over-under is 49. or That's what I saw this right. morning. Yep. I have the Vikings 34, the, the, the Cardinals 27. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Vikings yeah. come out on top. I think they cover the, the three-and-a-half spread that it is. Um, but... I don't think I think defense is going to be optional this weekend. Okay. The the trend of the other team guests picking their team continues. <laughs> well, one of these weeks, the Cardinals will be favored, hopefully, <laughs> so much that the guests will have to pick the Cardinals to win. Uh, Dane, uh, great having you. You want to get your plugs in where everyone can find your guys' show and hear hear uh, me on your guys' show from this morning. Yeah, we're inside purple and gold. Yeah, Tyler did a great job with us this morning. Um, yeah, we're just part of the Odyssey family. It's been fun to kind of be the voice of this kind of roller coaster ride that's been a Viking season so far. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts. Inside Purple and Gold. You can follow me at at Dane Mizutani too. So appreciate you guys having me on. Yes, thank you, Dane. That's Dane Mizutani from Inside Purple and Gold podcast, part of the Odyssey Sports Podcast family. Uh, thanks, Dane. Thirty-four twenty-seven. I, I, I don't know. I, how do you, how do you feel about that score, Tyler? I told you earlier, I think this is a trap game for the Vikings. I think Carl's win this game okay. and I, I feel like a Homer every time I do that, but I think the Cardinals win in Minnesota this weekend. I really do. Right. Our friends at bet IQ, they got the Vikings winning 26 to 24. So their bet or their recommendation on they, they say to take the Cardinals plus the points a plus three and a half. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, if they lose by three, you still win your bet. So, um, and you know, both of those score predictions hang out around that, uh, over underline of 49, but you know, I mean, as we've, uh, as we talked about in segment one, it's looking like it's going to be a high scoring game, you know? So maybe, uh, maybe, maybe let's add a few more points to the Cardinals score there, put them above the Vikings and, uh, and call that the final score. Exactly. That's what I think we should do because I think the Cardinals win this game. And, 20, 20, uh, what, what, what do we 20, say? The, the, the Vikings are 33 or three and a half point favorites right now. Is that what you got? Yeah, they got three and a half. Yeah. Which is basically the home field advantage points that you get anyway. So, yeah, I, I mean, betting, maybe this isn't as much as a trap game as I thought, because I mean, if they're only favored by three, three and a half, that means Vegas isn't too confident in the Vikings either. This is a coin flip. Yeah. So. And I mean, that, that little stat about the, uh, the red zone and, and the Vikings being the worst team of the NFL in the red zone with defending, you know, the touchdown. I mean, if the Cardinals can get into that red zone and score four out of the five times, I mean, that alone is uh 28 points, you know? So maybe we take that score that he gave us 34, 27 and just flip it. we got the Cardinals at 34 Vikings at 27. How maybe. much do you win? I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> Look that up. Find out how much you win on 34, 27. Right. Uh, uh, some, I, of the, some of the early numbers though, on the, on the, okay. the passing yards, uh, Kirk cousins, they got him at 280 yards, uh, one pass touchdown, one oh, pass I'd interception. Take, I take the under all day on the, uh, the under. Okay. Two eighty. Uh, Kyler Murray's also at two eighty, according to bet IQ. And he'll have two passing touchdowns and he'll have five rush attempts for 20 yards. This is according to bet IQ and their stats. I'd take the under on both those guys. I don't think either are getting close to 300, but okay. maybe that's just me. I mean, I would go under on both of them and now watch. Now it is because I, I still think first. it could, I still think it could be a shootout. You score a good, good amount of points, but I also think the run games are going to play a heavy factor here. I think Dalvin cook's going to get his, he's going to eat and, you know, Benjamin and James Connor, who James Connor's day to day. It sounds like he might play. So, I think both run games may do some damage and that's how you get your points. Uh, we will see if these offenses can explode. And I get the Vikings secondary and, and defense is allowing a lot of yardage. So one that I think that's, what's posing the two eighty. but 
I don't know. Kyler hasn't had a big game yet this year. And well, no, well, there was starts. one game. I mean, they lost, but he had over 300 uh, passing yards. What was that? The which Kansas City? No, it wasn't Kansas City. No, it was, was after that? Kansas City. I don't remember, but uh, another prop bet that I saw, not not involving the game, and I don't know if you have any others, Gunner, but uh, yeah. one I want to touch on real quick is, or it's not even a prop bet, it's just some odds, and it, it makes me think, man, do you want to put some money here because it's probably a good payout. Uh, odds to win the NFC West per Football Outsiders. Seahawks are favored right now 38.6%. Uh, the Niners are in second at 28.2. The Rams right behind them at 27.8. So when you think of those big numbers, what does that leave the Arizona Cardinals? 5.4% chance. <laughs> They're one game out of first in the division, but they are essentially ruled out of contention to win this well, uh, division based on on football per, per uh football outsiders well and based on just watching them in general i mean look at the seahawks they're doing okay and then the uh 49ers i mean they're doing what the rams did last year Niners and they're got beat by atlanta the other like, I, two weeks well, ago and yeah, then by kansas city i mean they they i mean but that was kansas city they they picked up McCaffrey. you know they're they're, they're, they're i understand I understand what they can. They're going to piece Gunner. together a team and they're, they're making a run for it. So I'm going to take that into consideration. Too. Gunner, you know who got killed by Kansas city? The Cardinals got killed by Kansas city week yeah. one. Okay. The Cardinals losses have come from teams that you kind of expect them to lose to, except for Seattle. Seattle's the one that I still think fans are like, is Seattle legit? Is, is yeah. you know, maybe I'll that's call. the game. Okay. Here we go. Voice Bruce of the bird him. God here. No, no, no. Voice of the bird God. First bird God. Foremost. Uh, the 300-yard passing game you were referencing there, the one that Kyler Murray had this season, came against the uh, L.A. Rams back in the end of September. Okay. That was 314 passing yards. But remember, they lost that game 20-12. to 12. So when you look through this record uh, in the winning games, the win against the Saints, 204 passing yards. Win over the Panthers, 207 passing yards. The big one was against the Raiders, who've obviously struggled this year with 277. But, you know, three wins, it's actually been two out of the three times. The less yardage that Murray is throwing for has actually been the better for the team overall. And his QBR in those winning games, um, there has been a correlation. Looks like for the most part, two out of his top three QBRs have come in two of those wins. And unfortunately, against Carolina, just a 44 QBR. But as we know, Carolina uh, certainly going in tank there. So balance is, is what matters for this team, right? And it's not just throw for more passing yards. I think overexposing this defense then, which has played well, but more possessions means more opportunities for an explosive team like Minnesota potentially to expose them. Yeah, and both of those wins, though, I mean, Kyler Murray and his rushing yards has been on the over, right? He's the, both those wins that the Cardinals have, his uh, rushing yards were uh, – higher than they were in the losses too, right? Well, I would expect Kyler to run a little more this game because of that front that the Vikings have, right? They're going to be putting pressure on him. So he's going to have to move around and, and try to evade uh, being sacked. So I could see him, you know, moving outside and, and making a run for it multiple times. So I would think his rushing is going to be up, but yeah, I, I think his passing is going to be down. I would bet it's that, that low to mid two hundreds. Yeah. I think mid two hundreds is high. Just to flesh that out for you guys, because the rushing yards, uh, the last three games have been his three highest rushing totals, 42, 130. Uh, but they've lost two out of their last three games, right? And their winning performances earlier in the season, the Carolina game ran 12 times for just 26 yards, five times for 28 yards in that overtime win against the Raiders. And these are this is where I think stats, and you guys would know this watching the team every week, the stats only matter if they're coming in successful execution, right? If Kyler Murray only runs for 20 yards, but it's for three first downs in key spots, that's what's most important for this offensive yeah. team is doing it when it matters most. And mostly what these stats are telling us is they haven't figured out, as you guys have discussed all season, the offense has not figured out what is their success pattern, right? They're kind of throwing things at the wall week to week and hoping something sticks. Yeah. And that might be what the plan is this weekend, because it sounded like uh, when Cliff talked to the media the other day, sounds like Robbie Anderson is not going to be up to speed still. Uh, and, and I mean, really? granted, he's only been here like a week and a half. But what did he say? He just said I something along the lines that don't expect much more out of Robbie this week. We want to make sure he's ready to go. Yeah, but I mean, that could be spot. that could be. I mean, he's speaking to the public and the, and the Vikings are I seeing that. I mean, he I he could it. just be saying that. I mean, I and. You know, Dorch was my guy last week, and he got a touchdown. And, 
And now I, I checked his Twitter ahead of recording the podcast. There's been no cryptic tweets from him this week. So I'm assuming my assumption here is that Dorch isn't going to be used as much as last week. I mean, which wasn't much, but he did score that touchdown. But I'm wondering if they got uh, Robbie Anderson in there and uh, Dorch is just kind of keep it quiet, letting, letting Robbie do his thing. Because I, I think Dorch gets excitement when he's included in the game plan, you know, hence those cryptic tweets. And that didn't happen this week. So maybe they're going to, Go towards more Robbie this game. Uh, Cliff is going to say what he is at the pressers, right? And try and throw, you know, try and make sure that that Vikings team is not prepared for Robbie Anderson and what's to come uh, on some of his plays on uh, Sunday. It makes me wonder if AJ Green's going to ride the pine again. I mean, that's what it would sound like in, in that situation. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd rather see more Greg Dorch. Uh, you know me, you know, the Greg Dorch, the Greg Dorch OG. Uh, but. Yeah, we'll see. Robbie's the taller guy, and you know they like getting some size out there. So, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see and, if he gets involved, and we'll see if Cliff can actually score an offensive touchdown in the first quarter. Of, and if uh, not the game Gunner, if not Gunner, you're going to be hashtag man. what? I'm still I'm still on the hashtag fire Cliff, and you know okay. what? Uh, I just heard today. I didn't realize this, but uh, the Buccaneers are in the same position with no offensive touchdowns in the first quarter. We'll see. You know, Thursday night football. I mean, when this drops on Friday, that have already happened. I didn't know that. Yeah, the Buccaneers have not scored an offensive touchdown in the first quarter either. They're so, a mess. <laughs> well, I mean, the Cardinals. I you know are kind of. You, you call the Buccaneers a mess, which they are. You know, but I mean, the the Cardinals. As much as we are fans of them. Last week, they if it wasn't for the two picks, they probably would have lost that game. Uh, I'd rather a- be a mess with a 24, 25-year-old quarterback than a 42-year-old quarterback <laughs> that's, that's going that's through a, a divorce and ready to box Antonio Brown in one of those pay-per-view fights. Yeah, but let's, let's just hope that Cliff gets it figured out. We get that offensive touchdown in the first quarter on Sunday, and we put all this behind us and just kind of you know make that run at that home yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, we got to hope. Keys to the game, I would say. They kind of alluded to it when we were talking uh, behind enemy lines a little bit ago. Uh, Byron Murphy, Mr. Shutdown, your top guy. He's got to be all over Justin Jefferson. And Marco Wilson, who we talked about, defensive player, the NFC defensive player of the week. Both of those guys got to step it up this week because Thielen and Jefferson are no joke. I get Thielen's had a down year. uh, But to me, that is the key. You win there. uh, You probably win this game as long as you don't in turn give up 300 yards to madison and cook so yeah uh, try to slow down this offense and get your your offense to do anything and you should be okay um before we wrap it up i want to throw out my uh parlay bet that i'm liking uh, you know with the uh looking at that that vikings red zone deficiency they're not great in the red zone i'm i'm gonna take the cards plus three and a half i'm not gonna take them on the money line i don't have that much confidence uh with them yet i gotta i gotta see a little bit more i'm gonna take cards three and a half uh hopkins two plus touchdowns i could see him scoring a couple uh he, he didn't have any touchdowns last week i think he's ready to just really kind of show what he's got you think and he's gonna explode this week which i think he'll explode we, we talked about it on the uh, the the first show of the week on wednesday we talked about this vikings offense 32nd in the nfl or vikings defense 32nd in the nfl in guarding uh, uh receivers in the slot so with hopkins playing more in the slot that kind of alludes to maybe those two touchdowns that you're talking about. Yeah. And what uh, else is in that parlay? Uh, I'm probably going to throw a Robbie and I don't know if I'm going to throw it in this parlay Ooh, or I I'll get a Robbie Anderson. I'll get a Robbie Anderson in there. Uh, a touchdown in there. Anytime touchdown in there somewhere. Wow. I, I, I think that Cliff saying what he did at the presser was just kind this of is going to pay you a million dollars for like a dollar well, bet. No, I mean, well, Robbie Anderson scored a touchdown. Jeez. It'll, you know, I mean, a $10 bet will probably pay out 120 bucks or something like that on a Robbie Anderson anytime, but we'll see uh, on that final score, 34, 27 Cardinals, 34 Vikings, 27, a $10 bet will pay you $1,600. So, but again, got to hit it exactly, you know, and that's why it pays out so well. Cause you got to get it down to the, down to the point. I think yeah. I think what what happens is is Gunner. If we ever win one of these bets, right, we get the down to the point bet. I think we should book three flight or two flights to New York round trip. We go hang out with our buddy Kaka, the Bird God producer Adam, and we get some nice T bone steaks somewhere. How much do you think that that uh, that costs? It's only sixteen hundred bucks. <laughs> round trips like five hundred bucks. It'll be a thousand dollars. We'll get a hotel for a night or two. Go get a steak. I mean. 
See, and see, every producer, time Adam, you caca, uh, caca, bird gang, uh, or, or voice of the bird god. Uh, you hear Gunner does not want to hang out with you in New York and have a nice I didn't fine say that. Okay. I just said you got, I just said you got plans, you got plans for all my money already, and I didn't <laughs> yeah. want it yet. Yeah, a couple, a couple little angles here. One, uh, Tyler's not placing any bets, Gunner is. Yeah. <laughs> And, and know, Tyler's right? doing a fantastic job of spending that. But I do like the caveat. Get a hotel room for the night. I don't necessarily need you guys coming knocking on my door, especially after. A couple oh, we can't crash days. on the couch? Well, listen, there's a lot of angles there, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. One final note I thought I would bring up here, not to make it all too serious on the way out the door. Remember, trade deadline is coming. Interesting to see what happens here for the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. If they win then you can make the case that they should be looking to make maybe one more tweak here. And there's certainly some teams. You think about bad teams and you think about the defensive side of the ball. You were mentioning, uh, you know, being confident in one of your cornerbacks. However, I did notice that there's a 44 PFF grade on a young man named Marco Wilson. Someone to keep an eye on. Desmond King for the Houston Texans is having a very solid season for them. They're going in the wrong direction. That's the kind of player that I think the Arizona Cardinals on the defensive side of the ball could be well suited to go pick up because you're going to have these tough matchups. And right now you might actually have to lean on the defense to help get you guys back into your season. Caca, caca. I don't know. Play, play some bets. <laughs> caca, caca, out. All I'm stuck <laughs> on is that he won't let us stay on his couch. All I'm stuck on is you spending every dime on my sixteen hundred bucks. I have one couch, so you figure out that action, and you guys are all set. Yeah, well, you're the little spoon there, Tyler. <laughs> oh well, what a great preview episode of the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Minnesota to take on the five and one Vikings. Travel Hopefully, safe, Tyler. Yes, sir. When we come back, uh, this will be the post game episode. Are you doing uh, it from will- there? Yeah, I'll be doing it from live in Minnesota. Yeah. Do you you have a spot yet or no? No clue. Probably the hotel. (laughs) All right. So hotel hotel lounge. I think that's where we'll be. So uh, get ready for that episode on that will drop Monday. Uh, Until then, make sure you download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. They're everywhere, man. Spotify, Pandora, Apple. Apple's the best one. Go ahead and go to Apple right now search kickoff in the valley and hit that subscribe button it will instantly drop in every episode uh also if you're just clueless and like how do i get to this and it's too confusing go to cardinalspodcast.com it'll give you a menu of all the different platforms you can just click on one and be good to go but until then let's pray for a cardinals upset in minnesota and let's kick off in the valley <laughs>